members. It's Alex and Storm here, and we are back with the first good cast of 2019. Woo! Happy 2019. Yes, happy 2019 to everyone. Let's make it a good one. A good enough one, right? A good enough one, if you will. <laughs> so we're kicking off this year with a chat with our humble and wonderful registrar, Caroline Perso. Lovely. And Caroline um, kindly spoke to us today because Caroline has been at Good Enough for 10 years and so she knows all of the history of Good Enough, all of the, the juicy goss, and we wanted to do a bit of myth-busting with Caroline. This um, podcast as well goes out to anyone who might be listening who's thinking of applying to Good Enough. Mm -hmm. Caroline has some good tips um, in terms of applications, what you should and should not put right. in your essay. Yes. Um, and why you should come here. Yeah, absolutely. So don't put things like, Alex put, I'm a hottie and that's why I should be here. Still got in. Yeah, <laughs> rather put things like you're going to contribute to the community and, and yeah, I mean, you're listening to the podcast and you can have a listen and see what Caroline offers. But um, for possible, possibly new members, we would say just, just apply and definitely come. You won't regret it. It's amazing. Yeah. Hope you enjoy. Enjoy. All right. So we are here with the lovely Caroline, our very own good enough goddess. <laughs> and, no, and queen of knowing everything good enough related. So Caroline, this episode, we are going to bust some of the good enough myths that sort of make their way around good enough. So one of them, I think I hear a lot of people sort of say is, I mean, does good enough have a huge bath, a bit like in Harry Potter, where everyone can just, you know, you find the secret bath and then put bubbles in it and then well, you open you an that, egg. That there's a separate room somewhere or a separate room that's, you know, yes. incognito that's and that it. you need the special code to that's get it. in. You've got me. And then when you get in there, there's free-flowing champagne. Yes. And the, the jacuzzi's already on, bubbling yep. away, there's fluffy towels. Completely. And... Mm. And no. you haven't found it yet. No, I haven't. <laughs> I was kind of expecting it to be your office, but um, I know. as lovely as it is here, I don't mm. see any champagne. We certainly haven't been offered, offered any. any. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the jacuzzi thing is just, whenever I write to members of the college, I always try to put something humorous in it somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so the jacuzzi thing came up in the renewals thing a few years ago because everyone's you know wanting to move rooms. In the summer, what happens is everyone's like, hmm, saw somebody else's room and they're going, I want that room. And they're always trying to upgrade. It's like, here I go, I, I want that room, that room. And they're kind of cherry picking mm -hmm. rooms. Completely. And, um, you know, so it was just a joke that I put in, obviously. I so love it. Point, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it would be good to have a jacuzzi, though. That would, it would be, be so great. On, though, I think. But we do have lovely baths, I think, uh, level four, I think. So, yeah. In the, it, in London House, before we refurbished, I mean, mm -hmm. there were baths galore. There were hardly any showers, in fact. They really? were all baths. And, yeah. of course, everybody hated it. It's yeah. like, I'm not really too sure if I want to go and see that gross. bath because I'm not sure who was in there before. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, little, it's a public bath. is something else. It's, you know? it's intimate. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So we took them all out. So there's one on there's one for the men on the second floor and there's one okay. for the men on the third or the fourth floor, mm -hmm. I think. And okay. that was only, you know, somebody, I don't know, had an injury and they thought actually yes. soaking in the bath for a little while. Yeah. Help. We literally left one in. Yeah, I'm not even sure how often that's used. You obviously don't even know where it is. No, what? <laughs> 
And Willie G, I'm sure I've heard there is one because someone, people who are very stressed, we've often spoken about like, you know, having a lovely relaxing bubble bath. Have I imagined that? Is there not one in Willie G? Oh, there are a few in Willie G, actually. There's more in Willie G than there are in London House. So, third floor Elysium Wing and fourth floor Elysium Wing at the back. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Take note. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Perfect. So, you know, I suppose... um, you could put your own bubble bath in it. Maybe if you took the head off the shower and kind of bubbled it through, it would feel a little bit like a jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> you had to bring your own champagne, though. Yeah. Innovative. <laughs> I like that. Uh. Well, something that's certainly not a myth is the fact mm. that Her Majesty has visited good enough mm. quite a few times. We did have a sighting when she went to the Coram oh, Centre yeah. uh, earlier this year. But ha- you presumably have met her or been here with, while she's been, been here? been here um, for two of the visits. She came in 2011 and mm-hmm. she came in 2016. So she came in 2011. That was to celebrate the 80th anniversary of the college. And then she came in 2016 to Willie G mm-hmm. um, to celebrate the 60th anniversary of Willie G opening. And that, that I found was the m- most amazing visit mm-hmm. because she was involved in the fundraising to build mm-hmm. this building before mm-hmm. she was even queen, which was Princess Elizabeth. Wow. She started, launched the fundraising campaign with the Lord Mayor of London um, in 1950 at a dinner in the Guild Hall where Churchill was at it and Attlee was at it and all of these people, mm-hmm. all these names you just know from history, well, but she's still here. You know, she came in 57 then when it was opened mm-hmm. and that was kind of, she came with Prince Philip um, and they visited the accommodation and she's been back many times since. So I think that her association with William Goodenough House is kind of almost closer than her association with the college as a whole mm-hmm. because she's got that personal mm-hmm. um uh, connection, connection to it yeah, exactly so yeah so and she is it is amazing when she visits <sighs> I can imagine I say that but you know it's so much work <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine and the thing is is that you know everybody can meet her and so you upset an awful lot of oh, members no. because she can't she's you know yeah. she's she, the visits are normally an hour at the most mm-hmm. you know she can't go and meet every member and we can't just have a scrum. No. And she needs to also be interested and engaged. Of course. So you need to kind of separate things out and show her certain things and take her to quiet areas and walk around the building. Mm. And so you kind of get, you know, I think this year we got about 300 people to meet her. Wow. Wow. 400 were outside in the cold waving Mm. their banners. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a bit... I know it's disappointing, but you know what can you do? It's yeah. really, it is really hard. I'm sure the fact that they can say that you know yeah. they saw the Queen that day is enough for them. Yeah, exactly. And then what we always do in both times we had just had a big party in the garden with oh. fireworks and mm. you know wow. so that's quite fun. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But if the myth you're trying to bust is whether or not she's coming this year, I'm afraid not. <laughs> no, that was, that was my next question. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But the thing is, is that you don't necessarily get that much notice of the visit so the last visit we got mm-hmm. only got six weeks notice that she okay. was coming but you send an invitation you know so mm. the director would send an invitation okay. and really okay. that invitation is to hang on something mm-hmm. you know would you come and celebrate the 60th anniversary of William Goodenough House would you celebrate the 80th mm-hmm. anniversary of Goodenough College mm-hmm. all of that so yeah and so there's nothing like that coming up at the moment doesn't maybe Tiger Lily's having a substantial <laughs> birthday <laughs> Something exactly. like that, I'll maybe. Be, I'm at the college this 10 years this summer, so maybe we're going back to... Really? <laughs> Caroline, definitely. We need to have a party. Oh, I know.
But that's, you know, a perfect example of all the different things that Good Enough College, um, you know, well, offers. Well, exactly. It's, you know, those things like, you know, having the Royal Albert Hall box. I was just going to mention that. I amazing. Mean, absolutely amazing. I mean, I don't know any other institution that's got one. And, um, and I was slightly worried. I, last year I looked at it because I thought, because I know it's actually on this kind of weird lease system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, who knows how long, when we got it and how mm-hmm. long the lease is for. We could lose mm-hmm. it. Or you know what it's like with a lease. The, yeah. the, the more time that's elapsed, the more co- it costs to renew it. Of but course. actually I looked at it, it's 999 years. <gasps> Brilliant. <laughs> I think we probably only had it for about 50 years. So I okay. think we're all right for a so little while. That's wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So things like that are just so unique, and that's yeah. why Good Enough is so much more than a residence. It's, have you both yeah. been to the Albert Hall? Yes. yes. Many oh, times. Yes. Oh, okay. I have my... I actually entered the ballot the other day for Cirque du Soleil, Cirque du Soleil so yeah. I'm super excited for that to work out, so Hopefully, I'm crossing yeah. my fingers. Um, but I guess uh, right about now is the time that you're gearing up to open the applications for new members. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, January is always the time when we're just kind of reworking the portal, what didn't work on it last year, mm-hmm. always tidying up a little bit. Places to offer. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I was going to say, for good enough for the application process, what are sort of things that you, you like to see in the personal essays? Things like, you know, I'm a good looking person, <laughs> I'll be very I'm attractive in the to, photo yeah, shoots. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to do lots of things. Ra- well, I mean, it is about doing lots of things around the college. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, to be honest, it's truthfulness, and you can see that in the applications. Okay. I mean, I have spent all of my working life looking at applications. Before I came here, I was doing selection for medical schools. That was kind oh, yeah. of my speciality. Yes. So you're constantly looking at all of those selecting criterias, and you can just tell a truthful application versus a non-truthful yeah. one. Um, you know, uh, phrases that are repeated, you mm-hmm. know, you get things that you just think, oh, somebody's just picked this up off the internet. Oh, the other no. thing is, is then people try to be almost too clever with what they write. And when you actually read it again, it actually doesn't mean anything. Okay. They're not saying yeah, anything. Yeah, they're just using it's fancy kind of words. It's hyperbole, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so can you give an example of like a really bad and really good application? Oh, can I? Not really. Well, from no, the medical. From the medical, mm-hmm. oh well, medical, yeah, it's always, you know, I want to help, I want to be a doctor because I want to help <laughs> You know, Alex is a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you write that on your application? You did. <laughs> no, I, I never wanted to help people. <laughs> <laughs> Love but it. you know, it's, it's, it, and sometimes, especially with the medical applications, you yeah. know, there's, there, there's that thing of thinking that you can fix everything, you can mm. heal everything, you can make everything better, and that's not what the reality yeah. of it is. And I think it, it, the corollary of that in the good enough applications is thinking that while you're enrolled in this really intense master's or PhD, you're going to commit to doing all of these extra things in good enough. And I think what I tried to do in my um, application was was pick things that were realistic to yeah. do. So yeah. I had seen that Storm had started the good cast and that was something I was interested in getting involved in because I wanted to improve my communication and media skills. Mm, because it's really bad communicator. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that um by you know, I thought that thinking about the year ahead 
that's something that's realistic. You mm-hmm. know, you can do a podcast every two weeks and, and that's fine. And I think the other thing, being Irish, I said, was that I'd get involved in planning celebrations for St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Again, not too taxing. But I'd imagine you, you get some people coming in and saying they're going to set up, you know, a club for every interest. And... Yeah, exactly. And, you know, exactly, just overstretching themselves. And then the, the most common one that we get, which is just... I, I mean, it's true and we do want people to do it, but the most common one is, you know, sharing uh, my own culture and the food from my own culture, and that appears on so many applications. I didn't put that. Did you put that on yours? No. No. Apart apart from sharing (laughs) St. Patrick's Day. Apart from St. Patrick's Day, yeah. (laughs) And we haven't had... St. Patrick's Day celebrated well at the college in my ten years. Okay, so that's so the pressure is no on. Pressure. <laughs> you have an Irish dean and you have a half yeah. Irish registrar, so yeah. there you go. Really, you have, half the Irish. The pressure really is on. Okay, really? brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, the, the other thing is, is that when people are trying to be too clever, and so they open with a quote from Nelson Mandela. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, oh, really leave okay. Nelson alone. Yes, and, it's, and it's not. A hard thing to do you know I mean we call it an essay it's not an essay it's 500 words mm. you know if you think that's an essay then really you're not ready for a master's quite frankly <laughs> yeah. let alone a PhD yeah um it doesn't need to be referenced or there's no end notes no. and nobody's you know it's yeah. it's easy to write so you just know? speak from the heart just that's what you would heart, encourage you know it's just you know I, I would love to live here and I can see that there's a tennis court and I'd love to play tennis and it just looks like a great community and I'd like to make friends. Amazing. And, you know, and something that you, you know, I suppose makes you stand out a little bit that something that you do or would like to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the essay in this whole restructure of the website is not something you're going to be taking out. That's definitely it still a part. It will still be part of the application mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I th- there's two things about good enough application. One is, is it uses that helps the selectors mm-hmm. to select people but the other thing is is that it's a self-selecting tool mm-hmm. so good enough is one of the only accommodation units in in the uk probably that actually ask people to apply and then be selected to live here mm-hmm. and if people are only just looking for a room over their head they just want to work hard they're just doing everything quickly you know they're not really interested they're gonna just look at good enough's application they may start it they'll give up on it completely away and they'll never finish it yeah um we remind people you know you start an application you haven't finished it and then eventually we'll we'll forget them and then we'll delete the application Mm -hmm. eventually um so it then selects people that we know have looked into our website and have made have made a real effort because Mm. it is a real effort to fill in that application there's a lot of steps Mm -hmm. to it there's a lot of documents that you need to upload Mm -hmm. then you need to write this 500 word contribution statement and I can see some people kind of going look I just want a room with a bed yeah you know what are you Mm -hmm. asking me all of this for so it's it works on both sides it rules out people who actually are not not committed to yes. coming here, haven't mm-hmm. bothered to find out any more mm-hmm. about the college. Mm-hmm. And then that means that we've got a smaller group to select from, but they're people that we know that have made the effort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then again, once you're selected, you feel so special. <laughs> and, it's, and, and that's the other thing, yeah. is selecting people makes them feel like, yeah, okay, you, were chosen. You, you want me. Yeah, you mm-hmm. saw something in me, and I'm glad to now accept your offer. And it's, it's a win-win all, all the way around mm-hmm. that I way think as so. well. And so people get here and they're excited and say, you know, here I am, I've been selected for good enough, isn't it fantastic? Yeah. And what are, can you tell us, what are the stats? Is it like 
one in every whatever person is selected? One in three at the moment. Okay, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, so we have three applications for every place because about 40% of the college, 37% last year, renewed. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's... A, so it's about a third, just okay. over a third. Yeah. Um, renew every year, so that's great. Yeah. And, you know, for us, that's really important because that's the continuity. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had everybody new every year, it would be exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> and, you know, and then that's also, you know, it's sort of like, you know, the second years teaching the first years, you know, just like when you get to university yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I don't know if your universities did mums and dad schemes, you know. Mm-hmm. That's common at medical schools to do a mum and dad scheme. Cute. <laughs> it is cute, but then yeah. it get, it sometimes gets a little creepy. Uh, <laughs> Do you have to call them mum and dad? I didn't have it, okay. but I have heard of, yeah. of it, okay. and I've and also heard and that it can get have like sisters, and and sisters, and and brothers, and nephews, and nieces, and, and then there's the incest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you attracted to your granddad. Imagine. Um, well, that's, I think, one of the things with good enough because when you do start, you know, your master or PhD, you realize you're a teeny fish in a big pond and you actually, yeah. you feel, I mean, I'm, you feel quite insecure and you realize, goodness gracious, I know nothing. And then you come home to good enough and once again, you're made to feel special and you go to all these events and you, you meet the mayor of London very casually and, um, and you're made to feel special again. And then you get that ego boost mm. and it's literally an injection of just dopamine all of a sudden. You're like, oh, I am a worthwhile human yeah. being yeah. Mm-hmm. because honestly, university is very cutthroat, I think. Exactly. And also not so much for masters, but for PhDs, mm-hmm. lonely. Yes. Because it's just you and your supervisor mm. and there's a few other people mm. around the department that you might know. Definitely. And the further you go along the PhD path, you know, year yeah. two and year three, it gets yes. even lonelier. And if you haven't got a great re- relationship with your supervisor, okay. then it's, it's you and them. Yeah. And, you know, at, and at least coming back here, you can talk to other PhD students, even if you're a scientist and they're an English Completely. PhD, it doesn't matter. You're on no. the same journey and they understand where you yeah. are. And it, it doesn't matter about your subject or your speciality no. at all. I know a friend of ours calls them the PhD creatures yeah. because you have to be a bit strange to want to do a create a PhD, and I'm doing one, so I'm yeah, not I'm yeah. not and messing it's, with it's, people's heads. But, but yeah, I mean it's great. Sometimes we see we see people that pair up when they're writing up, mm. you know, and they'll kind of go right, okay, well, yeah. we're writing up on the same schedule. Yes, you know, let's get together every day for coffee between half past ten and eleven. O'clock. Amazing. And that's going to be our break. Yeah. And we meet together and yeah. kind of go, how's it going? And then off you Definitely. go again. You know what I mean? And you're able to just schedule in these little it's things. It's amazing. Otherwise, you would go mad. Even with, like, your master's dissertation, you're in the library all the time. And then you have those breaks of, okay, we're going to Freddy's for lunch at one. Yeah. And it's just such a nice break. And you feel like, oh, my God, I've got the support system. You're going through the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, so no, exactly. it's I think I think that's why good enough is so important for students because it's such an amazing environment that promotes academia yeah, and yeah. work and mm. you're not a huge nerd if you're in the library on a Friday night because right, there'll be t- people understand it. Yes, exactly. there'll be yeah. ten other people yeah. there people with are sympathizing, you. Sympathizing, you know, and even if it's you know I'm in the library because I've actually got three submissions next week. Yes, I put one off because and, I'm you know, socialising together, <laughs> and then you see somebody a week later and it's like, how did you get on? It's like I got them all in. I was like, well, that's all that really matters is that you mm. submitted something. Well done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and other people will have been pushing that person on. Just like keep going, keep yeah. going, mm. keep going. Definitely. And we don't know 
but I suspect, and we're going to start. We're about to start some work to 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 see whether or not my um, supposition is true mm-hmm. that actually people are possibly more successful at good enough for having lived here, and whether or not they complete or drop out. Mm. Especially I like that. completion for a PhD. I think it more likely that yeah. people are more successful here. Definitely. Although the one thing that I do suspect is that it takes slightly longer to do their PhD because they're living. <laughs> Yes, and they don't want to leave. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. But so that's one thing. But, yeah. you know, um, so we're starting um, what we call an impact survey. Oh, brilliant. Which will be a longitudinal survey. So we're mm-hmm. starting it this year. You know, we'll see the impact, you know, just from one year. But then it'll hopefully be following those people up. It's a wonderful idea. Yeah, yeah exactly. It'll be great because I think, you know, you need to express what the you know what the impact of the charity is i mean mm-hmm. you know just for the charitable status you of know, course you need to actually say well this is the impact that we're having yeah and anecdotal probably isn't enough so we're trying to mm-hmm. put some, something behind that also for supervisors to know like to know yeah. that okay my student is going to be encouraged to work and will be motivated mm-hmm. by other fellow nerdy students <laughs> <laughs> and so having been here 10 years what did you start in what role did you begin that's good enough. As registrar. As registrar, yes. Yeah, so you, yeah, you, so I, I've uh, always been the registrar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. So I was, uh, prior to this, the head of student services at St George's, which is a medical school in South West London. Wow, mm-hmm. St George's. So York. I was there for 10 years, yeah. Wow, top chief. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then came here, and I must admit, because when I worked at St George's, I had student finance, I had student admissions mm. for all of the courses, not just the medical courses. Oh, my word. Um, student records, which is really, student records is actually one of the biggest things, actually, because it's on your basis of your student records that universities get funded. You know, you kind of, they do a, almost like a something like a census every year, and you, you know, you hit a certain number of data points for a number of students, and that's how the government decides how much funding you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Of course, they don't fund anyone anymore because they've taken away all, you know, students pay for themselves now, they've taken away the cap on tuition fees. Yeah. Um, and and halls of residence were always within my remit mm. as well. All of those wow. things and, and student support and student welfare and all of those. And then I came here and I was like, mm, I'm going to run two halls of residence. I'm just going to be the Queen of Bloomsbury. I don't have anything to do. <laughs> I'll just swan around Amazing. all day long anything to Joke's do. on you, Caroline. Exactly. <laughs> Joke is so on me. <laughs> So, Caroline, to sort of um, also to tell our current mm. students and also future st- uh, students, Caroline, can you tell us the the old celebrities that have come to good enough? Because I know F. W. De Klerk was an old member. He's not really a celebrity, but Chairman Virginia Wolf. Virginia Wolf, yeah. Virginia <laughs> Wolf lived in a building on Mecklenburg Square, okay, uh, which is where. Uh, William Goodenough House is now but it was bombed during the Second World War so she was actually only here for nine months and then there was a bomb dropped on this side of the square three bombs actually on this side of the square and uh, those buildings were then demolished which is now Mm. where William Goodenough House stands so her her house actually wasn't directly hit but the structure of it was damaged and actually was letting in water and she and uh, her husband were was it Leonard Leonard Wolf? Yeah, um, they they had their own printing press, the Hogarth Press, mm-hmm. which they were, uh, and that was in the basement. And actually, they moved because they needed to move the Hogarth mm-hmm. Press. But uh, yeah, so Virginia Wolf, um, F W Kirk, F W Kirk was an Abe Bailey bursar. Whoa! So that's when he came to visit mm-hmm. the college. 
and really hoping that we've got a link to try and get him to come and visit. We're working on one really, really hard. Because um, the chairman of the board, Eric Tracy, was saying that um, in you know a memoir of F.W. Clerks, he sort of says that seeing good enough and seeing how people from all over the world could live in such a peaceful yeah. environment, it sort of like inspired him to sort of abolish and end apartheid. So... Yeah. Um, oh, that would be amazing. If that we would be. It to I was a, yeah. a tiny little seed. Of that, that would be great um, to his time here, and it would be great if he would come back and visit. And as yeah. I say, we're working on somebody who might be quite close to him that you know could um, come. Yeah. That, oh, brilliant! That would him to come. Okay, yeah. good. That would be amazing. Um, and well, there is an amazing um, environmentalist called Lewis Pugh mm-hmm. who is at the college, um, and he one of the things that he does is he swims in Arctic water. <gasps> He's he's actually there's some he's got some uh, I don't is think he it's immune a, to I don't it think it's a condition but he doesn't feel the cold but it does it doesn't mean that he's not actually getting blood pumping to his extremities so he's going to come out with frostbite yeah you know? yeah yeah it's amazing and he, he he jumps you see him there are pictures of him jumping off icebergs in trunks not in a swim no. not in a yeah. I love walking like down the stairs of um, Willie G and seeing all the women. Yeah. Who obviously, because Willie G was all female. So residents. when London House was founded, it was all men because okay. you know, did we need to educate women? No, women, silly you know, things. Or maybe it was just that they didn't want a mixed hall. I don't know. I okay. don't know what it was. But, well, um, yeah. And then after the Second World War, Willie G was founded for women and families. Okay. And they were kept separate until the 70s. So, you know, um, the story is that, you know, the men were asked to leave at midnight, you know, so you'd get a call to your room to wow. say, Miss Jones, I believe you have a gentleman in your room. Would you please ask him to leave now? I love that. <laughs> Imagine they still did that today. <laughs> Calls would be busy. And, <laughs> yes, exactly. Very busy. And, um... And there used to be a dining room over here as well. Oh. The large common room used to be a dining, dining room. room. Okay. Yeah. And um, and the gentlemen were only allowed to come on a Sunday morning, and they could join, have have breakfast here. So I apparently they all used to get kind of you know dressed shone up. up and dressed up. And, uh. and there's some lovely stories from that time. The you know the, the rugby team when they came back from playing would go and stand outside Willie G and serenade the ladies. Gosh, chivalry is dead. Why yeah. isn't that happening oh, anymore? Well, maybe we should do a bit more separation because actually maybe that will bring back romance. Yes, <laughs> it makes you appreciate the other person more, I suppose. So yeah, and then I think like you know everyone decided, well, this is a bit silly. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. it, it yeah. became mixed. Yes. And um, it's a bit like it was founded for the Commonwealth. Then after the Second World War, mm-hmm. um, students mm-hmm. from the USA were also admitted, and then we joined Europe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, of course, European students have then also had to be admitted under the Treaty of Rome, you mm-hmm. know, free movement. And then, of course, you know, sometime in the 90s or early or 2000, maybe, they kind of looked and sort of said, well, you know, honestly, why are we excluding everybody else? That's just mm-hmm. Absolutely, to, to everyone. Yeah. And yeah. do you know offhand, do we have like one person from a really random country that's... Well, enough? this year... And I hope she won't mind me mentioning yeah. that we have one member from my father's country, and I've never seen even an applicant from that country <gasps> before. My father's from Guyana in South America. Amazing! So, yeah. and she's the first Guyanese member that we've had at the college, even the first applicant in my ten years here. There have been wow. Guyanese candidates yes. before, yes, but it's a very small country. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, 
So yeah, it's absolutely That's phenomenal. amazing. So I think that she's probably the you know the most mm-hmm. diverse member mm-hmm. that we have at the college. You know, in terms, of, but every year there is always one from, um, you know, somewhere that you almost have to look up on the map. So a couple of years ago, we got really overexcited because we had an applicant from Palau. I don't know where Palau is mm. either, and another one from Micronesia. I was so overexcited by these two (laughs) candidates and they came to the college and we checked out with them and it's like, wow, you're from Palau. No, that person hadn't actually gone far enough down on the drop-down list of countries and was actually from Pakistan. (laughs) (laughs) And the Micronesian was from Mexico. Oh, there is so a tip. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, check what you're submitting. Well, can or I miss a tip? Or pick a random country. Pick a random country. That will attract Caroline. Yes. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. No. straight away. Oh, my word. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, that is funny. Yeah. And, and I remember um, Andrew Ritchie used to say he would always try to get someone who was older than him to join the college. Is that a is that something that still happens? No, that's just one of Andrew Ritchie's jokes. Okay. <laughs> oh, I took it I took it seriously. Uh, okay, well do you want any any concluding that's it. You you don't want to know about the final myth about oh. about the um how many of the ghosts on my ghost tour are real? Oh, yes, yes. we do you want to hear. save the best to last. Yes, please tell us. they're all real, but the ghost tour is only limited every year. I only take about, maybe about 25 members get to go on a ghost tour mm. every year. I do two. Okay. And that's it. How do we apply, by the way? Well, it was Halloween, wasn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. oh. so, you can't do ghost tours in the summer, because it no. needs to be dark when you're doing of course. a ghost tour. Yeah. Of course. So, we do, so I did two at Halloween, mm-hmm. and it is funny, because I love those stories, because I tell the ghost stories, and I take people on a little tour, and there's ghosts in Willie G, and there's ghosts in London House, of course there has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and these stories then come back to me via other routes, and they've suddenly changed. <laughs> <laughs> they've gotten so much worse. <laughs> they have got worse. Mm-hmm. So, yes, so... I couldn't tell you whether or not the stories about ghosts are real or not, mm. really, could I? Could you give us a snippet of just one little story? So, the, the um, Elysium Wing in, in William Goodenough House where is, is, called, is, is where the large common room is. Oh, right, right. Thanks. It's called Elysium mm-hmm. because um, on the site before, actually while Goodenough College still owned it, so the first wing of the building that was built was the front wing and the other bits were built later on. Um and where Elysium Wing was, there was a Regency house called Elysium. And that was knocked down, actually, to build the next bit of the college. Mm-hmm. It was that time when people weren't really preserving old architecture mm, as much. So it was in about the 60s. But, the, but Elysium, the house Elysium is where Maria Fitzherbert, who was the mistress of George IV, lived. Spicy. Yeah. yeah. And, um, well, she was the Catholic wife okay. of... So, of course, she wasn't an official wife because, you know, the monarch of the UK can't marry a Catholic. Mm-hmm. The Pope recognised that that marriage, but the Church of England didn't. So mm-hmm. she then went on to marry... He went, then went on to marry Caroline of Brunswick. Brunswick. But he continued... Which is where Brunswick Square mm-hmm. is named after. Mm-hmm. Um, he continued to see Maria Fitzherbert for the rest of his life. He was in love. He was in love. Uh-huh. Maria Fitzherbert, there's only two things left of that house Elysium one is in Jenny's flat which is the fireplace mm-hmm. and the other is a fig in the 
fountain quad, a fig tree, okay. a fountain quad, and one of its herbert is seen to walk towards her fig tree. So from the common room to her fig tree. Oh, I have yet to see that. her now, but I will now be keeping an yeah. eye on hundred percent. Do you look out into that quad, into mm-hmm. the fountain quad? Yes. Well, there you go. You need to get up at night and just have a quick look out the window and see if you can see her. Have a cheeky look. Yeah. Wow. So you see a lady in Regency dress. Yes. Powdered wig, long. Long. Okay. There you go. Might be Marie Fitzherbert. Let Let us know if you if you see her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it will make a special emergency podcast. Yes. Uh, yeah. Completely. <laughs> yeah. We'll get, get on her it. into interview. Yeah. We that'd will. Be really <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> we will. That'd be so great. Did she die of natural causes or? Natural? She did. Okay. She good. Did. Um, so then she'll be a good ghost. She's not going to be like tormented or anything. Oh, you know, there was a question snake. because of course you know she was a good Catholic woman. Um however she was already twice a widow by the time that she she oh. married married. Suspicious. Yeah. So whether mm. or not she was a black widow question I like that. I think so. <laughs> so whether or not she was a good ghost or not, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna start Googling <laughs> Caroline, that was lovely. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. Alrighty, we hope you guys enjoyed that. Thank you so much, Caroline, for taking time to chat to Alex and I. It was quite fun. And um, we'll maybe put this picture online, but Alex and I are wearing the exact same (laughs) T-shirt. What is it? It's a a polar neck. Uh, we just both came from an iPhone launch, so it's a, <laughs> it's a turtleneck. And we didn't plan it at all, um, so yeah, good job. <laughs> um, over the next uh, weeks, we're going to be talking to the team that's running the TEDx uh, conference here at Good Enough, yep. as well as the team who are um, shaping up to put on the Good Enough College Opera yes. this year. So yeah, that'll be great to chat to them. And if you are hosting an interesting event coming up, please get hold of us. Or if you're just a human being who has interesting things to talk about, please. And um, we would love to hear from you. There's no, there's no, what's it called? Application system. There's no essay. No, there's no application portal. No. Just ping us an email yeah. to goodcastpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. That's goodcastpod, goodcastpod at gmail.com. At gmail.com.